0: Welcome to episode three of the club. I'm your host, Sean Fairholm. It's a simple question with a complicated answer. What does it take to get better at golf? After talking to the national championship winning college golf coach, Conrad Ray in episode one and PGA tour instructor, Pat Goss in episode two, today we're introducing graph golf's own Alex Forte to help us answer that question. Alex is the VP of Golf Development at Graf and a longtime golf instructor. You can find him all over YouTube at The Art of Simple Golf. And as that name suggests, Alex's teaching philosophy is all about cutting through the countless random swing tips we've all received over the years. Anyone who has ever played golf is familiar with the deluge of information and advice coming from all corners of the golf industry. And Alex's teaching philosophy really cuts through all of that. In this conversation, Alex is going to talk about melding together old school with new school in the most efficient way possible. The old school portion is simply, what is the ball flight? Looking at the shape of shots, the trajectory of shots, the consistency of shots, and then coming up with a game plan based on that. The new school is the data that can help you track exactly how you are progressing. Here at Graph Golf, we are developing a smart golf ball and analytics platform. So you'll see exact carry yardage, spin rate, launch angle, and, and a lot else. The key here, and what Alex is going to speak to today, is understanding what the data means and how it could really create confidence in simplifying the game. Before we get to our conversation, we're introducing a new segment to the podcast where each week I'll be answering one of your questions about the golf swing or really anything related to golf or how graph golf works. This week's question comes from a listener, Brian Linton. Brian asks... Any tips on how to stop slicing my drives? Brian, I appreciate the question and feel your pain. As a teacher, I would say about 80 to 85% of players I've seen in my life are chronic slicers of the golf ball, so you are definitely not alone here. You're going to get some good answers to that question during our conversation with Alex in a couple of minutes, but in the meantime, welcome to my anti-slice podcast workshop here all you need is a golf club preferably a driver or a fairway wood since those are the ones that we tend to to slice the most i want you to start by taking your setup position without the club and you could do this anywhere in your house you aren't going to be making a swing during this so anywhere will do once you are in your setup position let your arms drop down to the point where they they are just hanging there completely lifeless now keep one of your hands in that drop down position while the other retrieves the club nearby and take your new grip with your arms fully relaxed in that drop-down position. I'm guessing your hands are a lot lower than they were originally, right? That's This is going to help the club face naturally rotate during your swing. Okay, so that part's pretty simple, right? Step two, take your right hand off the club while keeping your left hand on it. How many knuckles can you see on your left hand? There's not necessarily a correct answer here, but if you can't see any knuckles or you can barely see one, Go ahead and turn to the right so you can see too and just feel what, the, what that does to the club face. If you are a chronic slicer of the ball, there's a pretty good chance those two things alone will help you see a different shot shape. Of course, there's a lot more that goes into a golf swing than, than just your grip, but it's a critical component because it's the, really the only connection that you have between you and the golf club. So this is a pretty solid place to start and that really creates a, a simpler game from a more neutral set of position. If you want to ask a question that could be featured on the next episode of the club, send it our way. You can reach out to us on Instagram or email them to club at graph.gov. Once again, that is T-H-E-C-L-U-B at G-R-A-F-F dot G-O-L-F. And without further ado, on our conversation with Alex Forte. So, you know, the old way of teaching and still with a lot of teachers do is to, you, you look at the ball flight, you see what the ball is doing, and then you, you make swing changes based on that flight. When you have ball analytics, you could know, you can, you can see some of the hard evidence of exactly what, it, what it's doing, and you can kind of track that over time. How can that be useful in, in maybe simplifying the golf swing?
1: Well, the thing is, when people think they have certain faults, it actually turns out that's not what it is. Everyone's like, oh, I slice my driver all the time. But in actuality, in real life, they might not be doing that. And more often than not, they're not doing that. So being able to see trackable, relatable, over time data, one can see just exactly what the ball is doing. So data doesn't lie. Now, you know, golf teachers for the lot you know hundreds of years really and golf players have just learned from feedback and what the ball is doing and adjusting the swing and feel to what the ball is doing and so with this technology not only can we do that we can actually prove uh, our hypothesis of what is happening and make adjustments to see okay I'm making a bit of a swing change here yes my my spin rate has gone down with my driver so or my spin direction has improved because i've made this change so it's giving us the hard evidence and proof that you can get better it's not it's removing a lot of guesswork in that gray area away so it is in keeping with the more fluid hey just you know look at what the ball does and respond and react to it but it's giving us the hard Evidence of what it is actually doing, and then we can make, you know, adjustments based upon that, and then see if those changes are actually making a good difference. You know,
0: to me, it kind of feels like golf instruction is at a little bit of a a crisis in terms of what information is necessary and and what isn't. I mean, we're we're kind of lost in the sea of golf tips sometimes, right? You, You read a few things in the magazine, you see something an instructor said on TV. You have a lot of things kind of going on your in your head at the same time, but if you're able to build confidence and you could actually see the data and you can go for a lesson, and you can kind of see okay i I understand what my what my spin rate was this time and I see how it, how it improves i mean that in a lot of ways just alone kind of it can can build your confidence
1: yeah like it's going to help clear the fog of is this actually helping, is this working? All right, my scores might not match perfectly straight away, uh, but my consistency is getting better because we're we're seeing the more consistent sort of strikes and we're seeing the data from it. So yeah, it it is because people fall into the trap. You you nailed it perfectly. It's just, we're pinballing around from tip to tip to swing model to swing model. Hey, swing it like Rory McElroy when a guy's 54 years old, he's not going to be able to swing it like Rory McIlroy. It just, it's just not going to happen. Um, but trying to do so does way more harm than just seeing, okay, what's the ball doing? Because that's all that matters. The ball doesn't know what you've done uh, previously. It doesn't know whether you're, uh, you know, you're, you've got a shut club face at the top of the backswing, like DJ, for example. It doesn't know that. All the ball cares about what's happening you know at impact right and the ball doesn't lie the ball the ball's going to go where you hit it the ball is not going to lie so now with the data that we can uh uh, extrapolate and and you know prove it's like okay this tip that i'm using is having a a negative effect on me but you know going from tip to tip that's the problem it's like i mean uh, uh, whether you load up the right side but then someone watch a a swing video or or take a lesson. It's like, okay, I've got to load up the right side. And then they'll go online and they'll look for an, uh, uh, hey, what do I do for my downswing? But the downswing sort of move is, they don't know, but it might be based on a more left-sided, like not quite stack and tilt, but a more loaded sort of on top of the ball downswing. So they're trying to combine two, you know, almost polar opposite methods. And just causing calamity and they they don't know why. So if we can simplify it for them to show, okay, it it doesn't really matter how you're doing it. Let's just get the ball to do this. And, you know, there's there's much simpler ways that we can straighten out ball flight, lower uh, or higher the ball flight, the velocity, get more speed reduce spin, whatever. There's so many different factors. And yes, there's going to be multiple ways, but when you can narrow the focus of what you're trying to get the ball to do, regardless of shaft regardless of you know what position you might be at halfway point on the way back or whatever, or how's your weight transfer to a certain point, it doesn't freaking matter. It's just right. what the ball does. So if we can improve by seeing what the ball does, it's going to give us a more linear Effective way of learning and improving.
0: Right, you wouldn't want to do that with anything else in your life. You wouldn't want to take a, a kind of put a, put a hodgepodge together of uh, of advice from from different people and from different things and, and try to try to string that those all together.
1: <laughs> yeah, and exactly, uh, yeah, and, and that's why golf are, are, are getting worse. So because there is an overcomplication of uh, mechanics, overcomplication of analytics you know, so many things that are just bamboozling golfers that it's making them miserable, worse. And equipment's never been better. Courses have never been better, like condition. And golfers are uh, just as bad, if not worse, than they ever were, (laughs) you know. So in a way, we've got to utilize the ability of technology to simplify it and get it back more to just playing this game. And yeah, the ball doesn't lie. So that's what it's about.
0: For for someone who is just kind of being introduced to golf ball analytics, and uh, and they're they're kind of just seeing all these numbers pop up on on a screen or or whatever it may be, uh, where where do you start with that? Saying that you're you're kind of trying to start a foundation, try to trying to establish uh, some some linear uh, improvements trying to understand your golf spring sw- swing and trying to, to simplify all of this Wh- where, where are you looking at first in, in, in terms of uh, what you're looking at when you when you're seeing this data
1: okay so when you're looking at ball data regardless of who you are everyone is more interested in the distance that' that's the thing that people look at you know it's just the way it is but the distance yes, we want to try and get more distance, but it's the regularity of that distance that is key at the same time. Because if you're, you know, too many people say, let's say I asked them, how far do you hit a 7-iron? They'll say, ah, uh, 150. It's like, okay, chances are they're not regular 150 strikers, of the 7-iron. That's when they hit their good 7-iron. Right. So if we can, uh, you know, with the ball, be able to track how far 57 irons actually go. You've got hard data to know when they're on the golf course, that's how maybe the average, the average is 137, for example. So they know when they're 137, that's really what they should take, not an eight iron or a nine iron, whatever. So that's one aspect. It's not just about hitting it further. It's getting the regularity of that. Distance consistency. Um, and the same for just being able to, you know, side spin, being able to reduce that is an important metric, of course, because we want to hit the ball pretty much straight. But the amount of backspin is, again, uh, a regularity of ball control. So if, let's just use the 7-on again, if you're seeing numbers that are 5,000 RPM or up to like seven and, a half, and they're up and down, up and down, we, it's a very more narrowed focus to say, okay, let's get that spin rate more consistent. And the spin rate is going to be affected by what the club head's doing at impact, you know, shaft lean, angle of attack, and all these types of things. But even if you didn't tell anyone anything about how to, you know, what's causing the spin rate to fluctuate, or be too high or too low just to give them the task of over 100 shots let's get a more consistent spin rate right they would like as a, a, a human being feel their way to accomplish that right it would be like just okay uh, asking someone to throw a ball one high one low one medium You know, and we want it to throw medium every time you don't have to tell them the mechanics of exactly how to do that. It would just be like this. That's what I want to feel. That's what I want to feel. So even if we ignored everything else, which we don't have to, but even if we did, just by giving that more focused um, uh, objective is going to help tremendously to provide that consistency. And again, it's coming back to the, the ball doesn't lie. So. It doesn't matter how you do it, really. Let's just get those spin rate numbers more consistent. Let's get that distance control more consistent. And there's many methods to improve those and give you a faster track to that. Of course there are, but you don't have to go uh, looking at a thousand different things to try and find the perfect solution to have the perfect looking goal swing to accomplish that.
0: One thing I know that you are a big fan of, and in, in your teaching philosophy, and I, I definitely subscribe to this as well, is if somebody is consistently hitting a slice, one of the best ways to to correct that is to to have them, you know, just imagine what a hook would feel like. Getting on the getting on the driving range, getting on getting on the lesson tee, and just attempting to hit a hook and trying to see what that see what that ball fight would feel like.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's it's funny it's funny you say that because i think just a couple of days ago um i was chatting with someone uh, and he was like i, I keep slicing it. i'm like well go and hit a hook and he's like well i don't quite understand i don't really know how and he's like well just go and try and hit a hook and the day after it was like i was hitting hooks and then straight shots so it's just educating ourselves a little bit and not overcomplicating it because even really bad golfers that might call themselves really bad golfers are a lot more talented than they think they are it's just they go down the rabbit hole trying to find the difficult fixes to uh, perform this arbitrary perfect golf swing which doesn't ever exist I mean you just look at the top 50 in the world they all swing differently if you took a silhouette of all of them you'd be able to pretty much recognize who swings you know who swings is who and yes there's some some similarities but they all swing you know, a, a big alternate of their version of the golf swing. You, you, we wouldn't ever have heard of Dustin Johnson if we told him to swing like Tiger Woods. If he had a coach twenty years ago and said, "You have to swing like Tiger Woods," we never would have heard of him. But he played to his strengths, and he learned how to truly strike the golf ball and play golf with based on his reactions and ability as a human.
0: Right. I was watching a golf telecast recently, and they were. Um, they're they're doing the, the trace of the of the swing path for for different players and uh, John Rahm was almost I- identical in terms of his backswing with his with his uh, with his through swing and then they had a uh, you know a guy like Matthew Wolf up there where uh, the, the divide between uh, both of his uh, both his backswing and his through swing swing could it couldn't have possibly been any different. <laughs> so there are many different ways to do it.
1: Yeah, it, it, exactly, it, exactly. And if the sole objective or the I would not solve the primary objective is just to get that ball to do more of what you want it to do and sort of manipulate your body just to make it happen. You know, if I was to, let's say we were just going on some of the ball data alone and I said to someone, okay, I want to see that. I'll give you a thousand bucks if we can get this uh, six iron below 3000 or 4,000, Spin rate, and I want it to go to the left. They're gonna just be thinking about performing that task a bit more, like Bubba Golf, you know, right. Bubba Watson. Yeah, it, and and people are a lot more um, skilled at doing that when they allow it, and we when we remove all the the noise that is the, you know, the complicated golf swing. Because yes, there are many reasons why uh, what has to happen for a ball to fly straight and to be consistent. But not as many as people think they need it to be, because at the end of the day, most people are just trying to play good golf, happy golf and enjoy the process of it. And yet, you know, learning about swing is part of the fun of golf. It is. And trying to get better is part of it. But it doesn't have to be quite as hard as we've been led to believe.
0: Right. Attempting to get into a specific position is another thing that I see a lot with 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 people attempting to feel okay. I need to get to this exact position at the top of my backswing, and that that to me has always been counterintuitive. To to it's not really a, an athletic motion. It's not really a, something that is human, really, in terms of trying to trying to play play the game.
1: Yeah, you, you wouldn't chop you wouldn't chop a piece of wood with an axe. You wouldn't throw a fee or skip a stone it was just about the feel and the width through the ball and everything like this. It's like, okay, what do, what am I trying to get this object, this implement to do? Right. And the more we can tap into that ability, the, the better we're going to be. And that's where uh, I love the graph golf ball that it can give us the data that doesn't lie. You know, it's like, Oh yeah, I'm playing better. My swing's good. It's like, well, actually, no, these changes that you're trying to do uh, are giving you more, variables so yeah
0: so so getting into that uh one question i'm sure you get a lot as an instructor is about distance control especially with uh with wedges and you referenced it earlier about people pull their seven iron saying I go 150, but that's their best seven iron, whereas they they should probably be hitting that when they're, uh, you know, when they have a, a lesser yardage. So what what do you see as a good starting point for, for someone, especially with wedges and short irons, the, those scoring clubs that a lot of us struggle with from 150 yards? And then uh, where is a good place to start with learning how to control trajectories and distance and, and kind of using uh using the data to understand how you're improving in that in that realm
1: well one of the best tips i was ever given like when i started playing on the the professional circuits back in europe and stuff um was from a, a a challenge tour player actually and he did a bit of coaching as well and one of the fundamental things was it was like okay let's say you've got three wedges three or four wedges doesn't matter let's say you've got three wedges uh, he would like he would have three yardages taped onto his club, just onto the shaft below the grip. So each club would have three like three measurements of distance within it, and then so you'd have nine different yardages to choose from with uh, just three clubs. And the way that would work is each club, all you would have is three different goal swings, three lengths of goal swing so it would let's say with it with a, a clock face or something you know with three being at the bottom 12 at the top uh you would be going from three to nine for one of the swings you go from uh ten to two for another one and then a full you know not you never really want to swing full four with a wedge but you know 11 to to one or whatever so you'd have these distances of wedges but what you're going to do is Instead of trying to hit towards a target, like the way this used to happen was, like the way I did it originally, would I get like a hopper of balls, and I'd hit the the nine to you know the the, the three to nine wedges with my sixty, let's say, and then I would case out how far the, the 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 majority of those landed. So I wasn't aiming for a particular distance. I was trying to keep them in line, but it was just trying to see the average of that distance a shot. And then I would know what distance that is. So I would just uh jot that down. I can't remember specifically what it was at this point. But then I would do it then for the, the slightly longer swing and then the slightly longer swing. But with the ball it's even more accurate because even in a net at home, instead of saying okay I want to try and hit this 50 yards or 60 yards, just kind of take a guess uh, at your 58 degree and and do a three to nine and maybe it goes uh 45 yards one another one goes 54 yards but you find the average that way so it's the most consistent easiest way to f- get that distance control and here's the thing is okay not everyone knows exactly how far they've got to a flag but once you've done it uh, enough times, and you're playing a bit, whether you have a range finder or not, you're going to know within three, four yards more often than not, a flag is going to be from you very close to one of your distances with those wedges. So it's a three, six, nine type of thing. So you might not have one on the number, and you might want to like grip down it a tiny bit if you want to be real finesse, but I'd tell people not to bother. Just to get choose the the club and the length of swing that is closest to the number that you require, and just go ahead and execute. So all you need to do is practice the lengths of swing, and whatever comes out the end is your yardage. And the ball can tell you exactly that, whether you whether it's in a net or whether out on the golf course or whatever. So that's the best way to find distance control because you're not relying so much on the touch and feel and you've got such a good foundation then that for anyone even into single digits is going to greatly benefit.
0: I, I love that. Uh, that. That's, that's awesome advice because it, it surprises me how many even low handicap players, they have a plan from, you know, 160 yards and out or that they have a, a, a really dialed in plan from for, uh, for their long game. But in terms of, uh, you know, getting 70 yards out, they don't really have a plan for that. And I love having nine different yardages because you're never going to be too far off of one of those. You're never going to be 15 yards off of one of those.
1: Exactly. 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 Like you might go a little bit long or it's, it really doesn't matter. Um, And you just execute as confidently that swing, that club. And it will, you know, as long as you get a decent strike on it, like we're not, we're not robots, but it's giving you, the best opportunity to have that consistent distance control and then from there you've got the foundation to you know play around a little bit okay i can hit light lower higher whatever it might be so yeah i mean if you want to get complicated with it it's like okay there's my low shot there's my high one but you've got solid foundation and the ball can give us accurate data about exactly how far each swing each club you know length of swing is going
0: moving on to the the opposite side of that uh, you mentioned the driver earlier and that's that's the club that a lot of people gravitate towards immediately um, the, the two components we hear about all the time are launch and spin when you have when you have the driver in particular in spin and spin and being able to to lower that so what, what could that look like to just your average player out there what, what are some easy ways to kind of shallow out the golf swing to, to kind of give players a a better chance at achieving that that high launch low spin combo
1: well there's two elements to that i would well the first most important thing is the the biggest killer when it comes to a driver for most people is is twofold really one as they're tinged up they're not focused enough they haven't told their brain they haven't told their body the objective that they're trying to do You have to be very precise on where you want the ball to go and how far, because it isn't about hitting at the ball. And that's what kills most people. That's what causes, you know, over the top, it causes slice, it causes way too much spin because we are hitting like down and at the golf ball, but everything has to be through. So instead of just saying swing through, if we tell our mind, to like okay let's go back to skipping a stone you're looking across the the lake let's say where how far you want it to go you're sort of saying yeah i want it you're picturing it skipping along the water along that way and then you respond and react to it if you just stood there with your head down not looking at where you want it to go and it's like, and you think i've got to do this technique you honestly like nine times out of ten you're just going to dump it like once and in it's just not going to skip because you've got to have that feel and sensation that you're sending something down the fairway, forwards, onwards. It's not about the effort to hit at, it's a, it's the, the movement to swing through. And that's where not only do you get speed, but you get the reduction of spin at the same time because everything is going through. You're not hitting at the ball. And to shallow it out, that for one, that's going to really help. But to shallow out that goal swing, one of the nicest, swiftest drills is just the baseball swing, Just sort of getting in a a moderate goal stance, but raising the hands up about waist high and just doing swings that are more rounded, just seeing how easy the arms fold and that shallowness. And you'll notice with that, it's all about swinging through as well. So just starting from that waist high making three, four swings, gradually working your way down at the golf ball, you'll notice that immediately you have a natural, smooth, more rounded, shallow goal swing just with that same feel. And as long as you focus on the target, like down the fairway and swinging through, you're going to have, more often than not, a shallower goal swing than you used to.
0: And that's a great feeling for also just naturally releasing the club head too, right? A yeah, lot of people exactly. struggle with that, yeah. and that's that, that drill is, is very useful. For that as well,
1: yeah, it's, it's gold, yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. So, uh, just to finish up here, if you had a, a couple of uh main messages, maybe a, a summary of of what people should should kind of take away from when they're looking at uh ball analytic numbers and and kind of how to harness them, what, what would be your your kind of overarching message?
1: Um, my overarching message would be I think we touched on it before, but the, the ball doesn't lie and don't try and just force the numbers play within your game a bit what's really going to make a difference to improvement is getting the more consistent so it's not just about more distance about it's about the consistent regularity for one thing and then when you're looking at the whether we're looking at the direction of spin or the velocity that you're getting more often than not, just by trying to feel your way to adjust it. Like as you, you you mentioned it before, it's like, okay, I'm just keep seeing this slice. All right, let's just come hell or high water, make this ball go left. Don't you don't necessarily have to look up for all the reasons why it's happening. Just try and trust your instincts to be able to make something happen. And you'll be surprised that what the ball will do and how much friendlier those numbers will be when you just try and feel your way to do it. I'm not saying you can't. it's not like the same as looking at a bunch of weeds in your yard and saying, there are no weeds, there are no weeds, you know, but they're, they're still there, but you can really feel a nice goal swing that can adjust those numbers for you. Um, and just look for consistency. That's it. Don't worry too much about comparing yourself to tour players or whatever, just trying to find your, consistent, um, across the board. That's
0: it. That's great advice. Uh, Alex, thanks for, uh, thanks for hopping on. This was, uh, this was really good and, uh, hope to have you on the show soon.
1: Cool. Good chatting.
0: And thank you to Alex for joining us on the podcast. That was some really fantastic insight in terms of pairing ball analytics with simplifying your golf swing. One thing that he said that I, I really like, is the nine different yardages with wedges, and this is something that every player who plays golf, you got to get out here and and do this right away. Even if you don't really practice that much, even if you're just somebody who who pretty much spends all your time on the course, go out there and do this. Just go and take, you know, if you have a 52, 56, and 60 degree wedge. Go out and, and take your 52 and just make three different golf swings. See what it feels like for a full swing. See what it feels like for a three-quarter swing. Feel, see what it feels like for a half swing. And just jot down those yardages. I mean, it's an incredibly easy way to be more prepared for, you know, you have a, a 75, 80, 85-yard shot. Well, you're going to have a, 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 a plan for all of those now. I mean, I think it's incredibly important to be able to, to do that. Uh, when you're talking about having a 165-yard shot, you could just take your 170 club and you're able to, to account for that. Wedges, it, it just the, the difference and the margin for error is so much wider when you're in that environment. So I, I would go ahead and, and, and definitely take advantage of those nine different yardages. Even get the tape out and put them on your wedge so you remember them. Whatever makes it easiest, because that really is a great way to lower your score and kind of simplify the game and to pair those analytics with your your simplified golf swing so until next time i'm sean Fairholm for graph golf i'll see you again